0: Jabez. I've been, um, I've been reading this book by Charles Swindle on, on lesser known characters in the Bible. So I have a quick, quick quiz here. Ignoring the fact, okay, that you've just seen First Chronicles chapter 4. Ignoring that, how many of you would have known for sure, and let's be honest now because God's watching, <laughs> how many of you would have, would you have known where Jabez was? Could you have turned to Jabez in the Bible? Hands up if you could have done that. Good. Uh, on, okay. now. If your hand is up, put it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be a math teacher. And I would. Watch, listen, they, they they'd put the hand up. Let's put your hand up. That's because the of that's what it's about. Yeah. So this is. I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling better now because I mean, basically, none of you know about Jabez. Great. So you will now. So Jabez. Is this is 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 well not well known in First Chronicles? If you've got a Bible, have a have a quick look at First Chronicles. This this will make a really great quiet time for you in the morning to actually really really dive in and dig into the first eight chapters, the first not the first one chapter, the first eight chapters of Chronicles. What you're going to find there is this incredible list of names. And that's all that's there. <laughs> name after name after name after name. It's a genealogy. It's a genealogy uh, of the of the of the people of Israel, and uh, that is what First Chronicles starts off with. And uh, quite frankly, incredibly tedious. <laughs> Until you get to Jabez, and he's smack bang in the middle. See, the book of, the book of, book, book of Chronicles was written sometime after the return. So, Israel's been naughty. And so God disciplined them and took them off to Babylon. Okay, and they were exiled for 70 years. And then, and, and that, that was prophesied. And God said, right, 70 years up, now you're coming back. And he brings them back to Israel, to Jerusalem. And around that time, the book of Chronicles is said to be written. And so the thing is for the Israelites, this genealogy was really important because the genealogy proves who you are, mm-hmm. and for the Israelite nation, that was a big deal. You had, you had to be able to prove, "Hey, I am actually an Israelite." These days, you can go online, ancestry.com. I tried that once. I got a bill. I didn't even realise. I thought I was trying it for free. <laughs> like a, what a rip off! <laughs> I don't know about your family, but, but, but my, but my, it goes all over, within two or three generations, we're all over the place. Okay. Well, for the Jews, it was a big deal. If you were going to be part of the Jewish nation, you had to, you had to be able to establish your, and they've been gone for 70 years. You know, who, who knows what's going on? And that's why we have, that's why these genealogies And the, we may not find them particularly inspiring, but they are there for a reason. What's really interesting though, is that Jabez appears there, right in the middle of this. And hold on. Next slide, please. There it is. So first Chronicles chapter four, verse nine. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm. See, it might not bring me pain, and God granted what he asked. Well, this is really interesting because this is written long after Jabez lived and died, long after. And and although, and you can read this for yourself later, or now if you want, but that it's a genealogy, but it's, it's it's just not clear. If you go either side, go either side of those verses, it's really not clear at all where he fits in. It doesn't actually, and and, and the father of Jabez was? No, you don't get that. It's just banged in the middle. There's nothing about his genealogy, he's just stuck there. So he's, even though his (coughs) genealogy may not be clear, but there's something clear about his life, and what is recorded is probably worth looking at. See, there's no other mention anywhere in the scriptures. Nowhere else in the Bible is Jabez mentioned. Nothing. This is what we get, two verses. The placement of his name in the genealogy indicates that he lived some time around or not long after Joshua, who led the people into the land. Now he's living during the days of the Israelite conquest of the promised land. That's where he fits in time for him. And we're told, three th- we're told three things about him. We're told he was born in painful circumstances. We have his... Prayer which I would consider on the face of it pretty audacious. That's a bit of a, bit of a bold prayer. And he's also remembered as an honourable man. So first it says he was born in pain. Well, possibly a common observation made by most mothers. <laughs> what is unusual about that? I've had, I've actually had the privilege of being present to two births. And uh, yep. Painful. <laughs> painful. So there must be something more going on here. There's something more going on. Perhaps it's a painful birth in painful circumstances. We don't, but there's something about, about the, the world or the life, the family that Jabez was born into. It was a difficult time. And, uh, and particularly so because Jabez's mum names him Jabez, which in Hebrew means painful or pain. Okay, so you're at high school, and they call out the class roll. Sarah, Bobby, Joseph, Payne. (laughs) Not good. Not good. Next, 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 next slide, please. So, we, you know, so there's three things here. Let's let's look at his um. Let's let's look at his at his prayer, because that's the thing that stands out. And that's the main thing we get, apart from the, how, we, what, how he's remembered for. He prays, he prays, you know, um, oh that you would, oh that you would bless me, and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm. He prays basically four things. Bless me. Enlarge my border. Your hand be with me. Keep me from harm. And the word harm there, in Hebrew, it could also be translated as evil, harm, shock, evil. And, um, and God grants his request, all of them. God blesses Jabez with all he asks for. And the last thing we know about Jabez at the end is that he's remembered as an honorable man, which is why this passage is really worth looking at. There's something about this man which is worth knowing. So why would, you know, why, why would God answer this seemingly audacious prayer? You know, uh, bless me. Okay, bless me. Enlarge, what did he mean by enlarge his, his enlarge his voice? Well, he's living in the time of, of, of the, of the, of the Israelite conquest of, of the promised land. So he's talking about extending his territory. Having more, having more real estate, so to speak. Well, the answer to this, lies actually in Deuteronomy 28. Well, I'll put on the screen, next slide please. There's, there's a lot there, so if you can't see it all because your eyesight's a bit dodgy <laughs> then you've got a Bible, turn to Deuteronomy 28. So this is, this is where I believe the answer lies to why God answered all of Jabez's prayer. We'll read through it. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. God says to the Israelites, if if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands that I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Verse 3, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated by before you. They will come at you in one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He has given you. The Lord will establish. You as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground and in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. There's a lot of blessing going on there. Now we'll stop there because if you read on in your own time, your own quiet time, you'll find what comes next. Which is the curses. (laughs) Which is what happens if you don't obey God, which is what they didn't do, which is why they went for 70 years before God brought them back. So God is serious about his promises, both the blessings and the curses. You see, when we read that passage in Deuteronomy, all the things that Jabez prayed for are in there. They're all there, every single one of them. Jabez knew God's will. Jabez knew God's word. Next slide, please. Oh, go back one. Sorry, we haven't quite got there yet. That's fine. So, first one, in Jabez's prayer, the first thing Jabez prays for, he says, bless me. Well, look at verse 2. Verse 2, in that section in, 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 in Deuteronomy, is all about. All these blessings will come on you if you obey God. Jabez knew that. In fact, more. Than, what's interesting is, in the, in the Hebrew text of, of, of Jabez's prayer, it actually reads, not just bless me, it reads, bless me with overwhelming blessings. Okay? You've got to be fairly confident in your relationship with God to do that. Bless me with overwhelming blessings is what Jabez is asking for. But my gosh, that does seem to match Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because we're talking about overwhelming blessings right there which is what God wants for his people. You know, it's, it's written in such a way that it reveals a, a, an intense desire on the part of Jabez to really have God's blessings. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a request that was deeply felt, deep in his heart. He then prays, enlarge my border. Well, again, verse 11 of that section in Deuteronomy. God, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity... In the fruits of your womb, the young of your lab stock, and the crops of ground, and the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Jabez is praying that prayer to, 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 uh, to enlarge his borders, which is in keeping with God's will for God's people. Jabez is asking for a greater stake in God's plan for Israel, the conquest of the promised land. The third thing he prays for, your hand be with me. Verse six in Deuteronomy there twenty eight, you will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. That God's hand would be with him again, as God promised in Deuteronomy. The hand was a symbol of power, of strength, and control. Jabez was asking that God's guiding presence be with him in all that he did. You see, as Jabez's borders expanded, as Jabez got more real estate, his life would become more successful. And we know what happens as human beings when that happens. It doesn't tend to go so well with us, with God. But Jabez desired to stay close to God. Jabez desired to remain humble and obedient to God. He prays that God's hand will be with him always. He's seeking a life that honors God. And lastly, Jabez prays to be kept from harm or evil. Verse 7, there in Deuteronomy 28. Verse 7, the Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you in one direction but flee in seven. You know, Jabez, everything he prayed for was actually in that passage in Deuteronomy. And so far from being a cocky, audacious, overly confident prayer or pushy, selfish prayer, it was actually a prayer of faith. It was a prayer of confidence. A man that, that, that knew God's word and actually really wanted it to come to be real in his own life. He wanted to be part of that. He wanted to be involved in that. He wanted to be his life to, be, to, 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 to embrace God's, God's vision, God's plan, God's promise for his people. Great God. God delights in blessing his people. But there is a condition in verse 2. And the condition is what is that we obey. Yeah. God's blessings now and then come with a condition, and the condition is that if, if 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 we obey Him, then 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 the blessings come. But like Jabez, it's not it's not a it's not a, it's not a perfect sinless obedience. It's that it's that, it's that humble obedience, that that sense of needing God, relying on God, a repentant heart that that's the kind of obedience that, that, that God is looking for. And I believe Jabez was that kind of man. So, what's the next slide? I've lost track of where I'm up to here. Yes, here we go. That, we're, no, we're on track. So, so the thing about Jabez then, to this point, we know that he's, he's remembered as honourable before God. He, um, he knew God's word and pursued it with confidence. And he never forgot it was by God's power, not his own that his life would be a success. I think there's four things we could learn from Jabez this morning. Four things. Firstly, be confident of God's blessings. Secondly, know God's will for your life. Thirdly, enlarge your borders. And fourthly, be honourable. Four short points. Next slide, please. Jabez... Praise this 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 prayer. Bless me with overwhelming blessings, and that's exactly what we've been given in Christ. Because if you read Ephesians chapter one, verse three, it's on the board there. Paul Paul writes for us: Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. We have already received that; that's already done and they realise, they, 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 uh, as with Jabers, these things develop and flourish in our lives as we live a faithful, obedient life. Yeah? yeah? So, I have, a, I have a bit of a problem with that, okay? Because I grew up with, with a fairly large dose of insecurity, uh, which is quite amusing, I'm standing in front of all you right now talking. I, I didn't have a particularly close relationship with my dad, and I think that was a part of it. But basically, by the time I was in my late teens, I was really struggling a lot with insecurity, and really, really, way over concerned about people's opinion of me. And 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 I used to have these these strong thoughts in my head, like, "Well, things just aren't going to work out." And and, I, and and unfortunately, when I became a Christian at twenty-five, that, those that stuff I carried it into into my into my walk with God. And so I can read this stuff. And I can say, I know the words. I can process them here. But it's one thing to process them here, but it's another thing to get them down to here into your heart. Right. And that's been a continual battle, for year after year after year after year. You know, some time ago, I um, I was actually working for the church full time, many, 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 many years ago. And uh, I was struggling, doing my best, struggling. And then someone helpful told me, uh, uh, someone who was uh, very, very um, in, in a position of, of, of leadership in the church—no name mentioned—basically, um, some one day. The, the, the reality was I, was, I was a two-talent person. If you got the parable of the talents, you got the five talents, two talents, one talent. Well, praise God, he didn't say one talent. <laughs> and at the point being that, yeah, I was—you know—if I was, you know, was going to make it in the full-time ministry, I, it was going to be tough, tough gig for me. Well. Well, that really, that really, that really, really did a lot of great things for my insecurity, yeah? yeah. <laughs> so, I was devastated. I just, it just, it's just like, you know, my, my world fell apart. So that, that what was supposed to be a helpful bit of information to kind of help me, well, you're going to have to lift your socks, you know, pull up your socks here. Well, no. That was a long time ago. You know, I've been working on this, you know, the Bible talks about t- take captive, you know, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Right. So if you go down that road, if you, if you start to learn how to do that, and that's, that's really worth doing. Like If you want to know God, you want to have a great relationship with God, take that, take that verse, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Amen. You know, I can look at that thought now, and I'm glad that comment was made. Because see, I want to live my life by faith. Yes. I, I want, I don't want to be doing the things I do for God. I don't want to be doing it on my own talent or my own ability. Right. I want to do it by God's power, God's strength. Yeah. So I relish in the thought I'm too talent because that gives me more chance to be faithful. Yeah. Amen. I need more faith. I need, I need God in my life more if, if good things are going to happen. Yeah. But it's amazing what difference it can make if you can, if you can get hold of that. If you can actually truly apply it to your life, how profoundly different your life will be. Amen. Because things that seem bad or negative, all of a sudden, you, you, it becomes an opportunity. Wow, I can be faithful in this. Because I know that God, I, I, I now believe God, these promises, these promises are for me. These promises are for you. It's not about your, your education, not about your abilities. It's about your faith. About your faith, whether you're prepared to walk faithfully, like Jabez, Amen. and be confident, and pray those confident prayers, claiming those promises that God has given us, every spiritual blessing in Christ, every spiritual blessing—it's already there. How confident are you with God's blessings? Not just in your head, but personally embracing them in your in your day-to-day life, acting on them as Jabez did. I believe God loves to hear confident prayers. I've been working on it for many decades. Uh if you struggle with this stuff, work on it too, because it's a good place to get to when we start to get it together. Uh next slide please. Point number two know God's will for your life. If you're um if you're visiting with us today, if you're visiting today, ask yourself this question how well do you know God's will for your life? Because it's a big deal. And there's stuff going on out there that's not so great. Next slide, please. This this is a, a this is just a snapshot uh, from a report that was done in 2017. It's from the UK. It was put together by someone called the UK ComRes uh, Stat Organisation, and um, it shows some statistics there. Uh, I say from 2017. Figures show that 60% of all self-declared followers of the church, I won't mention which one it was. It's not this one, by the way, which you'll be glad to know. If you're visiting, you'll be glad to know these stats don't apply to us as we read through it. 60% of self-declared followers of the church admit they never read the Bible. 36% say they never attend church. One in three said they never pray. The figures produced by Comres—I'm reading from that screen, so I forgot to write it down here. Um, the figures produced by Comres and commissioned by the Church show that many of those who claim to be Christians don't actually take part in many of the activities which are normally associated with the faith. Blah 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 blah. A bit underlined in red. Uh, Christians admitted they never read the Bible, and one in th- three never attend church. Oh my goodness. You know, I really appreciate the brothers that reached out to me in 1985. And, uh, when I first started to go, can you go back to the previous slide, please? Thank you. Because I grew up, I grew up in, in Nottinghamshire as a, uh, as, as a nothing. I could say I was an atheist, but I wasn't even that. I wasn't an atheist at all. I had no faith, no, no belief in God, no, no, never read the Bible, didn't know anything. But what I, what I, what I, what I did know, what was clear to me at the age of 25 is I didn't know what life was about and I was flat confused. I was working, I had a job, I had a car, I had a motorbike, I was going out, getting drunk, doing all that stuff and underneath it all I had no idea what life was about and it was, it was freaking me out. Yeah. I was not happy and I didn't know where to look. I moved to Australia, say in 81 to so 85, I was at work, I was working on a project, I was reached out to by this young man and for some weird reason, uh, he believed in God. And, uh, he seemed like a normal person, which bothered me. I'm like, I, okay, he seemed quite normal. Uh, I, I think I'm normal. He believes in God. I don't. Um, what's going on here? So I asked a couple of questions. In he invited me to a Bible talk. And I went along. And, uh, and anyway, cut a of long story short, what happened from that point, was that some of the brothers in the church, they, they, they were willing to get time with me and sit down with me and, and explain the principles of the Bible. And, and they do, did all that free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much I would have paid. I don't know. So, so they, 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 they thoroughly explained the gospel. They explained the role of the church the mission, and what it meant to be a Christian. All the, all the important parts were explained. How how different is that to what we just saw on that slide? That's profoundly different. Profoundly different. I thought, wow, this is, you know, I, I didn't know what I was looking for, but, but, but what I found was God. And I found it because, because people took the time to explain the Bible clearly to me and explain it properly. And it made all the difference. It took a while. In fact, to, 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 to be honest with you, it took a while. I, 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 there I'm studying the Bible, I'm reading it. I've got no belief in God. I don't believe in Jesus. And I'm like, these guys, they're, they're good. You know, they're, they're, they're making sense, but it's not in my head. Until I got to Romans chapter 1. So the first thing I actually ever believed in the Bible was the reality, not of God or of Jesus, but sin. I believed in sin. Because it was real. It was really my life, and it was real in the news, it was real around me. How the Bible describes sin, a word which I've never used, some religious word, sin. But boy, oh boy, why don't you turn the news on, or look at your own life, wow, this is so real. Yeah. And so it was a clear, from that point, it wasn't hard then for God to move my heart from there, to see my need for Jesus, for forgiveness, and, and repentance on my part. Yeah, a lot more happened there that I wasn't expecting. I was looking, I thought I was looking for the truth and and I found it. And then I found God knocking on my door saying, no, buddy, you need to change. Mm. Okay, (laughs) right. There's more to it than than I realised. But the point this morning, is is God's will for your life clear to you this morning? You're in this room right now. You know, is it clear to you? Do you understand God's will? You know, do you really understand the gospel, the role of the church, the mission, what it means to be a disciple? If not... Now is a good time as ever to find out. As disciples, for, for those of us in the room who are disciples of Jesus, you know, this is one of the greatest joys in life, I find. You know, uh, it's fr- Friday afternoon, I'm over at DMU University in Leicester with, with a brother called Ferdinand, and we sat with this young, young Polish guy, uh, Chris. He's probably about 19, so uh, a lot younger than me. And uh, I, don't what, I don't know what he thinks about this, but it's going really well. And, uh, and we've, we're studying the Bible and, and, and teaching him what it means, what, what about God, about Jesus. And it's an absolute joy to me to be down there, to be able to spend, spend time helping someone else the way that others once helped me. And so replicate it. You know, what a joy it is to be able to pass that message on to other people. But to do that, we've got to know God's will. And we've got to preach it. And we've got to be prepared. So that as we reach out to people, we're able to help them And and, and as the church grows, more and more of us are involved in that process. It's an amazing thing. We need to know God's will for our lives. Next slide, please. Point number three. Enlarge your borders. Jabez Jabez asked God to enlarge his borders. Well, how on earth does that fit with the New (coughs) Testament? Obviously for him, promised land. You know, they're going in with Joshua. They're conquering the land. They're taking it over. And that's what's going on. Just, a, just interesting point though, for Jabez, this 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 wasn't vacant land, okay. I watch these. Um, I like to watch that that program. There's a program on TV about uh, living in Alaska, okay. <laughs> and they, and they're, they're out there, okay. And they've got the log cabin, and they go out and they. Me, I don't know, I don't know how it works. They just seem to move on up there, find a spot by a river, and build a cabin, and they go out hunting you know, and, and collecting firewood and whatever else. It's just vacant land. I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, if enough of them get up there, it won't be vacant anymore. Where Jabez was, that wasn't vacant. Who was living there? The Canaanites, the, the, the Girgashites, the, the, all, the, all the ites were living there, okay? Lots of ites were living there. All the trebleites, yeah? They were all there, bristling with their, with, their, with, with their armies. This... This was no cakewalk. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Jabez prayed this prayer and just sat back, you know, and had a cup of coffee and God, God just made it happen. (laughs) I think it was tough times. I think there were times where Jabez wished he'd never prayed that prayer. He's out there, you know. He was gonna have to fight for it. There were gonna be tough times, there was gonna be challenging times, times when his faith would be tested. Read the book of Joshua. That's the, that's the world that Jabez was in. And now, and now he's got more land, guess what? He's responsible for it. He's got to look after it. That's a lot of work. A lot of work. Is there a parallel for us today? Well, yes, there is. Matthew 28. You know, Matthew 28, if, you, if, if you've been around a while, you know the Great Commission. I don't have a slide for it. But God said... You know, um, I've got it open here. Uh, he says, you know, all authority, all authority on heaven and earth being been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. What's, what's God saying here? Enlarge my borders. Disciples of Jesus, enlarge the borders of my kingdom. Go out there. Share, share your faith. Teach people. Verse 20, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Responsibility. We have a responsibility. We need to be equipped to do that. And then as the church grows, which it is, we've got more and more people, there's more, there are people that need, need training and people need helping. I mean, we had a fantastic time last night. The room Amen. was full, you know, married. We really, I've, I just felt really encouraged. You know, I really appreciate Bronwyn and her insights and uh, we've been married now for 31 years, married. December the 10th, 1988. And, uh, and we're still happily married now. Amen. So, praise be to God for that. So, and, and it's awesome. And, and we had a great time. And it was a teaching time. We looked at Priscilla and Aquila in the Bible. You know, we're looking about what it means to have a Christian marriage. You know, that that's what this church is about. It's about life training in every area. And that's what I found in the Bible. It's all there. Whatever area of life you want, to, you need help with. It's in there. You just got to find it, know it, live it. Amen. But, um, but yeah, Matthew twenty-eight, the Great Commission, and we're enlarging our borders. And uh, it's it's an amazing thing to ha- to be to have to have the opportunity to be involved in that. But you know, as as, as we go along, especially if you've been around a while, it, it's it's quite easy, speaking from personal experience, to get a bit weary of it. Because most people I talk to don't want to know. And they're not interested. And you know, that can be a bit of a problem. But, this is, this is God's, this is what God says in John, John, John chapter 3. For God so loved the world, He gave His one only Son. You know, when God did that, He knew that most people were going to say no. So you've got to wonder why He went ahead anyway. He sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it through him. Verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but the people of darkness is still the light, because their deeds were evil. So why? I don't know. What I know is that God loves us so much. He was going to do it anyway. You know, each time you share your faith, it matters to God. If you... If you go out there, if you share your faith, or if you're involved in some ministry in the church, and you start to get weary, just just, just take a step back and say, wait a minute, you've got the wrong perspective. It's not about you. It's about God. I believe every time we share our faith, it matters to God. We, You know, they don't want to know. So many people don't want to know. It's great to have everyone here. If you're visiting the room this morning, we're really glad to have you, because so many people don't want to know. Well, that person you reach out to, who said no, walked away. God saw that. And God really appreciated that you asked. It matters. Don't think it doesn't matter. Because you know, on judgment day, God's going to remind that person, hey, you're walking down the street in Birmingham, and that person came up to you and tried to reach out to you, but you were too busy. You were too busy, but don't, don't tell me now, oh, sorry, you were reached out to, you just didn't want to know. Do you think God's gonna be having those questions with people on judgment day? I'm guessing he probably will. But i tell say what it does for me, it helps me stay positive. The 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 that Jesus was willing, willing to die on the cross, even though most people are going to say no. He did it anyway. If he's gonna do that, I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna keep being involved, I'm going to keep discipling people. I'm going to keep working at it, no matter what, because Jesus did it for me. Amen. It really matters. And you never know; you never know what's going to happen. One well, of the sisters in Sydney, was intellectually uh, impaired to some degree, reached out to some guy on the street. This guy, Greg McKay, great guy. He must be at least twice her age, uh, a little bit older than me. And uh, he comes to church. I get the privilege of being involved in the Bible with him. It's great, great guy. We see the Bible. He gets baptized. Two, year, two months later, he dies. I was ticked off, and I told God that. He was a great guy. I, I was looking forward to having him in my Bible talk. <laughs> he was a good guy. A lot of fun to be around. Well, what? He, come on, God. He's, he's just, I just got baptized. We don't know, but that's what God did. Two months later, dead. You know... Six months a year before, here's this this sister on the street just reached out to him. Wow! Now he's in heaven. Amen. Praise God! Enlarge your borders. Do not be afraid of enlarging your borders. Last point. Next slide, please. Be honourable. Jabez was honourable. Jabez was honourable. What will what what is the Birmingham Church known for? What will the Birmingham Church be known for in the years to come? Come, it will be known. As an honorable church, as it honors God. You know, not everyone, not everyone can be a brain surgeon. Not everyone can be a song leader. But anyone, anyone can be honorable. No one is born with it. It comes from the out of the, it comes out of the decisions you make each and every day. Is where it comes from. What does a person's life look like? If they're seen to be honourable by God, it looks like Jabez. Does your life look like Jabez? Praying confident, God-focused prayers in keeping with God's word and then acting on it. Simple as that. There's nothing honourable about the sinful nature. There is much honour in living faithful, repentant lives engaged in seeking and saving the lost. John chapter 12 On the screen, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if he dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And that is what Jabez did. You know, we die to our own selves, we we live repentant lives, we live like Jabez, you know, we serve, we, we, we pray prayers in keeping with God's will, and we and, and we act on it every day, and, and and it says, My father will honor that person. God honors you, God honors your service, God honors your service right now. All of you in the church who are serving God, God honors you. That's that's a cool thought. God God is honoring you for what you do. But 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 be like Jabez, expand your ex- expand your borders. You know, pray for more. Learn how to do. I'm amazed how much God's done in my life. I would never have thought it would be where it is now, but it is. Be inspired, but be so much be but so much more inspired by Jesus. Next slide, please. So, in closing, things we can learn from Jabez: be confident of God's blessings, know God's will for your life, enlarge your borders. And be honourable. And to God with the glory. Amen. Amen.